This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike and John here. We have an awesome program for you today. Later on, we'll be talking with our good friend Ted Kritsonos out of Toronto about TuneIn Radio, a great app for finding literally tens of thousands of your favorite radio stations across the globe. Any type of music or content you can think of, you can get it through the TuneIn Radio app, and uh, Ted will give us a lowdown on how to uh, to use it and some of the cool features uh, of that. We'll also be talking about a new Apple Find My Safety feature. Do you know much about this, John? A little bit, yeah. 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 We'll save it for Graham to explain, though. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking about how to migrate your photos uh, from your Apple iCloud over to Google Photos, which I think uh, is a handy thing for folks to have. Uh, John, let's talk about some of the app news uh, this week. Uh, This is interesting. Huawei, been in the news quite a bit over the past year, obviously uh, under the... uh, targeted by the U.S. government as well. They've uh, basically banned most tech companies from working with them in, you know, to some degree. Uh, Huawei, one of the competitors is Oppo, and uh, they have now overtaken Huawei to be the biggest Chinese smartphone manufacturer. What's crazy is that the, the Oppo or Oppo, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, you can't even buy them in North America. No, and, and I think most listeners probably never heard of heard of it. Yeah. But I remember when we were over in China, we saw those Oppo stores everywhere, like they were an Apple store. Yeah, it, they were. Yeah, they they were crazy amounts of uh, Oppo stores, and I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but uh, Huawei, they they even sold one of their sub brands, Honor, which again most people haven't heard of in in Canada either. So uh, this has obviously hurt them uh, quite a bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next uh, year uh, with the new U.S. government and if there will be any changes uh, to uh, the ban of uh, Huawei being able to use the technologies and chips from uh, U.S. companies. So Mm -hmm. we'll keep on top of that. Uh, Also in uh, mobile news, this this was an amazing story, John. A lot of phones now are touting that you know they have water resistant or waterproof ratings i always wonder you know how long is that going to be good for they say you can submerge the phone you know for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you know a couple meter, meters of water uh, but this was interesting an iphone 11 was fished out of a bc lake and it still worked after being underwater for six months yeah and it was a very deep lake as well harrison lake Harrison Lake, yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine it working? Well, what surprised me is the the diver that found it, uh, he was cleaning up the bottom of this lake, getting yeah. rid of some garbage and stuff. I guess it's probably in a near a dock or something like that where I think a lot of stuff gets falls in and never to be seen again. And um he, he just cleaned the dirt off and he powered it up and it just came right back up. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> I, I think the key thing though is like these ratings they're like it's the cya approach to ratings right like it's 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 from a legal perspective that's what they can legally say that it's rated for but the reality is it's probably much better than those ratings are and clearly that might be the case there was also another guy who dropped his phone in uh, off the pier in victoria a couple weeks ago and at night he was taking some pictures of the of the legislature they dropped his phone in in the water came back the next morning jumped in, you know, in the wintertime and 
fetched his phone back and he, it was, he powered it up and it worked fine. I'm, I'm just amazed at, at that, John. Like I, I would expect, you know, maybe it could last an hour, but six months in, yeah. Har- in Harrison Lake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, uh, the phone belonged to a Vancouver resident and very skeptical. She was skeptical that she got a text from this diver uh, saying that he had the phone that she lost in Harrison Lake six months ago. <laughs> Can you imagine? She yeah. was riding bumper boats in, in Harrison Lake. Oh, and it bounced out. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, that's like a thousand dollar phone. Plunk. <laughs> like gone. Yeah. Yeah. But and uh, it, the fact that it still works is just mind blowing. I mean, that is a great, uh, that's a great ad for Apple. I would think so. Yeah. Let's move on to some other uh, news here. The CRTC has determined that 36-month device fans financing plans violate the wireless code. Uh, carriers were asked to stop offering the three-year plans back in 2019. So there are some carriers that are still, I guess, giving the option to pay over 36 months. Yeah, and and, and even if they stopped it uh, a couple of years ago, there's probably still people paying for their phone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was always the trap that I think a lot of, a lot of people fall into. Cause it just, I mean, I get it because it lowers the price that you have to pay. Cause these phones are not cheap and they're only getting more expensive. Uh, and no one wants to pay that upfront fee to get their phone, to buy their phone outright. So subsidizing makes sense, but it also, you know, locks you into them for so long and especially like lately I mean, we, we, we've talked a lot about the benefits of being able to switch at any point in time yes and if you're locked into a uh, a carrier plan because of the phone that you have that you might drop into harrison lake um you have no recourse you i mean you're just going to get charged penalty fees if you want to get out earlier uh, although some carriers do pick up the tab for those pen those those uh early um penalty fees for leaving your plan early um, your you competitor to, yeah competitor plan yeah you still have to pay out the balance of your device and, and that's something that you've done recently as well so yeah but you know you have to be careful when you're doing these um i got screwed by rogers back uh i think last year i'd uh, financed a phone uh, a google pixel phone for my son uh, it was an extra 20 bucks a month and it was over two years and i checked up on it because i thought god i, I must be finished this by now and so not only were they still charging me the extra 20 bucks a month, I phoned them and they told me they wouldn't lower the price. <laughs> like you got to make sure you get this stuff in writing. Like I, who, who has that contract anymore? Right. And so not only was I paying extra, I was never going to get that money back for the extra six months and they wouldn't lower the price. That's when I left them the first time. Right. Because I was just, I was angry. But you made up with them recently. Yeah. Because now I'm feeling that I've got the best of them. <laughs> I'm paying 36 bucks a month on a winback program for 25 gigs of data. I know. It's no a, one can beat a, that. Not, not right now. I'm sure there's a catch somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's slowly draining my account somehow. <laughs> I don't know about, but yeah, that's, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if you've been uh, following uh, Tesla John and, and Elon Musk, uh, more and more talk now of the the full self-driving um, 
service that they have. You can buy that for $10,000 if you got a spare $10,000 for your Tesla. Uh, but they're going to be doing that, uh, a subscription on it, a monthly fee for Tesla owners. Have you got a sense of what that fee is going to be? Because I think that's something you're going to at least want to try for a month or is it you kind of have to go into it and you're all in or is it just a, a service you can turn off like your smartphone? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, you know, everyone's speculating that it's going to be in the $100 US a month range. It would have to be. I mean, if they're charging $10,000, it's not like they're going to give it away for 20 bucks a month, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, will you have to lock in for a year? Can you just do it month by month? I don't know. Will, will they give you a discount, you know, if you do it annually? Pay-per-use, like, I want the car to drive me home, so. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. But swipe your compass card. I, I have to tell you, so in my Tesla, it comes with a basic version of that. It's called auto steer, essentially. It's yeah. not going to change lanes or anything like that, but it'll basically follow the lines and make sure you don't crash into any cars or anything like that. But my you have to keep. does that too, but you have to keep holding on. You have to keep touching the, the, the wheel. Like, you have to yeah. hold on or touch the wheel every 20 or 30 seconds. I think it's 20 seconds. Uh, yeah. But I, it, it makes me feel safer, John. It, it really does when I'm, I'm using that. When I'm using that feature though, what I'm not safe is everybody else that doesn't have it. Because <laughs> the nice thing about it with my car, like it feels like, like you're coloring within the lines. You're, in, you're staying within the lines on the road. Yeah. And then you see the other vehicles that are like riding the line or drifting over into your lane. I'm like, hey buddy, turn on the, the feature. So especially when it's a car that you know has that feature. Yeah. But it's interesting, John, uh, that's the next revenue generator for car companies when you think about it, the connected car. And we're seeing that. Uh, I think uh, last week we, we talked about Amazon TV being available in the new Jeep Wagoneer yeah. uh, SUVs. And, you know, they're going to obviously charge for that because it has to have internet access. And that's what I'm seeing with a lot of these car companies now. There's going to be different levels of subscription services for your car. Do you want to have Spotify in your car? Do you want to be able to stream Netflix? Do you want a, a self-driving mode, for example? Well, e- even my car, uh, my car came with five years of service. Uh, it's called Uvo. Uh, it's the it's the app that I can use. I can remotely start my car, turn on the lights, warm up the seats, whatever. Um, in older models of my Kia electric vehicle, th- that subscription ran out, and you'd actually have to 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 uh, pay for it uh, just to get some basic features that I take for granted. So it's to be determined if I'm going to keep my car until that subscription runs out or if I'm going to upgrade to something else. But um, it's an interesting model. Like you said, like they could just start bundling additional features. My car has an LTE modem in it to, to do that kind of thing. So I can lock the cars remote, lock the doors remotely and that type of stuff. But it, they haven't really dialed in and started offering things like Spotify or like you get to watch Netflix when you're charging your vehicle, for example, which yeah. is a great feature. Yeah. And I, I have the ability to play Spotify. I have to pay for the premium internet package in my car. I think it's like 13 bucks a month or 15 bucks, somewhere in there. Uh, but that allows me to use Spotify, which I love. I use it all, all the time. But I, I could see this adding up, John, like if they start adding additional subscription levels into the car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want it to. <laughs> I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, do I want well, more payments? No, but that's the thing. And we've talked about this a lot too, is subscription fatigue. Yeah. It's a little crazy. We're uh, talking about uh, subscription services. Uh, we've uh, had a good series going uh, with our good uh, friend Ted Crotsonos out of Toronto. Everything from Spotify to DAZN, all those uh, little uh, subscriptions that are slowly eating away at our pocketbook. 
We've got Ted on the line to talk about TuneIn this week. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Good to be with you guys. Thank you. From what I understand, TuneIn, you don't have to pay, do you? Or do they have like a pay one as well? So there is, it's, it's, it's a freemium model. So you can start for free, uh, but you don't get access to everything. So, of course, we know how that works, right? We have other <laughs> services that do the same thing. Uh, but the general gist of the free model is that you can access radio stations from around the world. So not only the ones that are terrestrial, uh, you know, in where you live, but also pretty much anywhere in the world. Uh, you, of course, are accessing these over the Internet. So you do need some sort of a connection, whether it's Wi-Fi, data, you know, what have you. And you can listen. I mean, you're, you can be like cruising somewhere in Vancouver, for example, and then listen to a radio station from L.A. or from Europe or from anywhere, really, uh, on your commute. So it's, it's, it's cool. It's not a new concept, of course. Internet radio has been around a long time. But TuneIn was one of the, one of the apps that really kind of brought it to the surface uh, initially, even though its origins go back all the way to 2002. That was one of the apps that I remember seeing fairly early on in the App Store uh, with the iPhone. It's been around for many years, and I think a lot of people use it and they don't even know they're using it. Uh, I think it's built into my Sono system. My Tesla has it in there as as well. But there are literally thousands of radio stations. It's it's pretty cool. So uh, you've got the free version. So what does the pay version give you? So this is where things get a little confusing because there's there's kind of two paid versions. So what I'm going to, the first one I'm just going to focus on is, is called pro. So people might notice that there's two tune in apps that they can download. There's the free one and the pro now pro is not a subscription. Just so people understand you're paying a one time. Big on Popeyes has some ads. huge news for you. Okay. So you're, you're, you're removing the ads. You're not, but you're not getting everything else that, that comes with the premium tier. Okay, so premium is where you're now subscribing. So you're paying basically, if we break it down, it's about $130 for the year, or you can pay about $12 and change a month. So obviously the annual plan is a better deal overall. Uh, and that gives you everything in the free tier, but you also get live NHL games, over 600 music stations that are commercial free. Um, and, and you might get some other stuff too, but those are kind of the main uh, things that you get. And of course, there's no ads as well uh, anywhere. So you won't be hearing any ads when you're, when you're playing uh, anything that you are there. But you will be hearing ads from the, the local radio stations that you're listening yeah. to. So what, yeah, so what I mean by ads, uh, thanks, Mike. What I mean by ads is, is I'm, I'm specifically referring to ads that tune in is slotting in. Got it. So if the radio station is playing its typical commercials, I mean, nothing changes that programming. But what TuneIn does with the free version is that it intersperses its own ads into whatever it is you're listening to. So that's why, uh, yeah. And now that doesn't do that with radio stations all the time, but it does intersperse ads wherever it can. So even before you listen to anything, you're usually going to have to deal with an ad first. And that's where I've seen it happen because uh, I use a routine with my my echo uh, show in my bedroom is my bedside uh, alarm clock and it basically gives me my daily briefings and then when it's done it plays my local news talk radio station uh, but it, there's like a, a pre-roll ad that you hear yeah. first and, yeah. and it's powered by TuneIn but it, you know I, again like like Mike was saying the tune is kind of in a lot of different places you would not expect yeah yeah 
Yeah. So, so that's why it's it to me with premium, it really matters what it is you're valuing. If you're just listening, if, if you just want terrestrial radio stations and you like certain ones from different parts of the world and that's all you're looking for free is totally fine. As long as you just, you can handle the ads. And if you want to get rid of the ads completely, you just pay 1299 one time for tune in pro and it'll remove the ads. And then you can listen to all the terrestrial radio stations you want and not have to deal with tune-ins ads. So that's that's how that works. But if you want premium, then you get not just the NHL, but then you get all these internet internet radio music stations that are totally commercial free that are genre based or you know, they could be chart based, you know, things like that. So it kind of in a sense becomes almost like a Spotify, except you're not choosing music based on an artist or an album or anything like that. It's kind of, it's just pre-made playlists, if you will. We're talking with Ted Crisonos uh, about TuneIn. This is an app uh, that you can get for your smartphones, but also your computer as well. It's actually built into a lot of other devices and systems. Uh, like I said, Sonos, uh, I have it in there. My Tesla car has it uh, as well, but literally gives you access to thousands upon thousands of terrestrial radio stations around the world, podcasts, and even music uh, uh stations uh, as well and uh, if you get the premium version you can get that commercial free thanks for joining us today ted always a pleasure thanks guys mike and john here we've got uh, graham joining us to talk about tracking there's so many ways to track devices now there's also little uh, extra accessories you can get like uh, the little tile squares apple is uh, redoing their find my app and we're going to dive into that uh, a little bit. Uh, Graham, why don't you start us off and uh, tell us uh, what it's all about. So the trackers right now with Tile, the way that they work is they have their own network. Basically, they've got uh, they've got some frequencies that they send out to each other uh, that interacts with an app on your phone. And so when there's a Tile close to your, uh, your phone or your device, it uses Bluetooth to essentially say, yeah, I'm here. Right, you get a little bit of a ping. Um, cool thing about this is, if you leave your wallet at the store, now your phone's not in range to talk to this thing anymore. Uh, but there may be somebody with a tile that is nearby. So it's basically crowdsourcing uh, your location to be able to find the stuff that you lose. Um, I've got one on my keys. I've got one in my wallet, um, and I, I've got one in my laptop bag. And so, if when I leave the house without my wallet, as I frequently do because I'm forgetful, I get about a hundred yards away. And because there are devices in the house that say it's here, and because my phone is saying it's not next to you, um, and I've set up a gate saying if I leave the house without this sending an alert, it sends me an alert saying, hey, you're missing your stuff. So that's how it's handy for people like us to use to keep track of the things that we want to keep track of. My partner and I each have one as well, so we can actually uh, send a ping to each other um, with, with our tiles. Now, we're using Find My Phone uh, for the most part, if we're sharing location, because you can do that really easily through messages. But between these two things, it's very handy to one, know where you know your family is and know where your stuff is. This is a great thing, right? I, I've got some tiles uh, as well. And again, for the listeners who don't know what they are, uh, I, you explain them a bit there, Graham. They're about the size of, and they've got different shapes, uh, like a postage stamp or a, a quarter. And uh, again, you can attach them to pretty well anything. They've got a battery in them that lasts anywhere from a year to, to two years before you have to get a new tile or replace the battery uh, in inside them. But uh, great for finding lost uh, items. But Apple's looking to get into that game as well. Yeah, and, and so so this is the thing. It's like they've got the little the little... Square tracks, little round tracks. They've also got the credit card size ones. These are great. This fits in your wallet, and it's just it's the size of a credit card, so it doesn't doesn't go anywhere. Apple's Apple's got this as well because 
say for example, your AirPods. AirPods almost do this right. If you lose your AirPods, um, you can almost find them. The moment that they're in the case, they stop reporting location. And so the AirPods themselves don't do it. The AirPods case doesn't do it unless they're both together. And I think a lot of people have lost you know, their watch, their AirPods. There's, there's an opportunity here for Apple to step into this market. And it sounds like the way that they're going to do this is they're actually going to be able to communicate with things like Tile, bring all of these things into an ecosystem together. That's that's the scuttlebutt right now. This is one of those things where, you know, Microsoft used to sort of get, get, get into things and they would embrace, extend and destroy and they take people out. It looks like Apple's kind of stepping into the space, but also allowing uh, an ecosystem to, to build so that more people can be in there. This is a really great way to, you know, one, get into a space that's already populated and not take it over, but also offer a premium offering. Well, they're apparently rumored to be uh, launching some type of tile competitor called AirTags. Um, and it is getting to be a bit of a crowded space. Tile obviously was one of the big leaders. Samsung just recently got into it as well with their own uh, type of tile. But these things, I don't think, work with each other, do they? Not currently, no. And so you do kind of need something to draw this all together. And when we talk about crowded space, when it comes to identifying location, the more crowded it is, the better. And the more points of reference that I have when I lose something, if there's somebody there that's got something, maybe it's not in my ecosystem, but it's using perhaps an API that Apple has designed and they can all talk to each other. Now we have the ability to go and find our stuff. The challenge comes with security and privacy. Um, you know, when I've got find my phone on, uh, when we've got find my location, I share my location with my partner um, for an hour because we don't always need to see, see where we're going with each other. It's a, it's a little keep like, even when you're in the same family, it's a little weird. Um, but the idea that somebody out there could get a hold of the identity of one of these things that you own and track it, that's scary. So they're, they're putting security precautions in place. Um, but there are obviously other ways that people could uh, use these things for nefarious purposes. I think that's what I'm scared about, John. Uh, you know, we've seen the explosion of tracking. You know, everything is tracked now, our cell phones, computers. Um, I'm just worried, like, how easy is this to be hacked? Do you know what I mean? Like, for someone else to get in and see where you are. Well, the, the, the thing is, these things are so small. Um, you know, whether it's a tile or Apple's rumored AirTags, it'd be very easy for somebody that's a, say a stalker to drop it into uh, a target of their admiration and, you know, drop it in their purse, their, their uh, jacket pocket, something that unknown to them. And then their device or their friend's devices or whoever's around them devices is actually actively reporting that location back to the person that dropped that thing. So one of the things that Apple's actually, uh, some, some people discovered in the latest beta of iOS is that there's an actual a way to turn off this item safety feature uh, in, in, on your phone. And it'll basically detect that, Hey, uh, this isn't part of your normal uh, equipment list. Uh, someone, there's a device on your person or nearby that isn't part of your account information. Do you want to turn off tracking for that? So you can actually tr disable this tracker if someone had nefariously put it in on your person or uh, you know in one of your bags or, or what have you. Um, so that's an interesting sort of fresh take on that space. Um, same thing, like a tile could easily probably enable that feature as well if if you knew that you had a tile. Uh, you know, even if you don't have an actual physical tile, you still install the app and you could turn off that functionality. But Apple's taken a next step up because they're trying to make sure that like Graham was saying, the privacy and security of you as a customer uh, or, or the, the owner of the phone, if you will, uh, you're in control of everything that's being used to track you. 
So let me just try to get this straight here. So if someone put on uh, a, a tile tracker onto my bike that I didn't know about, Apple, my Apple iPhone could potentially see that? Well, it, it, it seems to be just with the AirTags for now. Got it, okay. It's to be determined if it's going to work with other devices. Um, but it would be great if if this is becomes one of those things where there is a pseudo uh, standard where these tracking uh, tags, if you will, call them just tags um if 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 your if your phone is aware of what's in your vicinity both from a like findability like hey i'm gonna i, I just found graham's smartphone it's in the in the in the chair of the seat i'm sitting out at the office you know like that kind of thing versus uh graham stalking me by dropping an air tag in my into my backpack seeing if you really are at work that's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much impossible. You know, Ethan Hunt does the thing where he, he pats the guy on the back and there's a little square on his shoulder. That's kind of the thing that, you know, we, we have actually seen an instance of someone doing something like this. And, I, you know, we were talking before, um, the, the, the way to win the heart of someone that you have affections for is not to put a GPS tracker on them and then send them pictures of where they've been. Uh, that's crazy. Someone did Don't that? Don't do that. Yeah, there was an article uh, or an instance fairly recently in uh, in Los Angeles where, or Texas, sorry, a, uh, a, a former beauty queen. I don't know why they refer to them as that. Like, she's probably a beautiful woman still. <laughs> you, 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 only get, you only get one shot, one opportunity, and after that, it's done. So, former. Carrier. Anyways, she was celebrating at her birthday, and she met a guy at, 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 a, at a restaurant or something like that, and he dropped a, tack, a tracker, a tile tracker in in into something that she carried around probably her purse and then he proceeded to continue to track her and try to f uh, get her to answer her phone from his calls and uh, it turned into this police being involved thing and uh it, it's just like kind of a the worst case scenario of these types of things that is freaky but, but extending that do not track like this is what this is the year of do not track for apple right and it's do not track my cookies do not track my browser don't track my person I, I've got to say their dedication to privacy, a big round of applause. And again, if you're carrying any sort of tracking device on, on, your, on yourself to put on somebody else, just stop, please. Well, we'll be keeping abreast of this and letting you, the listener, know more about this type of technology in the weeks and months to come, just so that you're informed on how it all works, because this is becoming a bigger and bigger part of our life. Let's talk about photos, probably one of the big uses for smartphones nowadays. That's why they keep uh, making new ones, better and better cameras. And there's kind of two ecosystems. There's the Apple world and the Google world. Well, Apple has come out quietly with a new tool that allows you to upload iCloud, iCloud photos to Android, which I, I like this feature, John. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised that Apple did this. Uh, there's a couple of interesting uh, benefits for doing this. First of all, it gives you an additional a place to back up your photos. So you're not just living in, in uh, iCloud or, or maybe you're not even using iCloud. It just gives you the, the, a simple ability from within uh, the Apple operating system to be able to push uh, a backup of your photos to Google Photos, which until June, basically, you can have as many photos as you want in there. It's unlimited video or uh, photo storage. Video is a little bit more complicated and um, things like live photos, that's a little nebulous as well. But um, having a secondary backup is always a good thing. And it's literally a one-click process. The, the tool also shows you how many things you actually have in the on, on your Apple device. So how many photos do you have? How many videos do you have? It gives you a really simple way of backing it up, but it's a one-way trip. Um, 
you're, you're creating a copy to Google. You're not uh, syncing or doing any of that kind of stuff. To do that, you would still have to use the Google Photos app and then turn on the photo sync feature, you know, which is never a bad thing to having multiple backups because if say iCloud goes down or um, you, you have a problem, you, you accidentally delete something, at least you're going to have the secondary backup that's not at your house uh, and not on your device that uh, you can go and, and, and find those old photos. So this is, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting process and, and it actually can take up to a couple of days for this whole thing to copy over, especially of a huge library. I think you and I probably have tens of thousands of photos on our phones because we just keep upgrading the, the device and <laughs> migrating all the photos and still have enough room apparently. But, yeah. um, but we're talking gigabytes of photos here. Uh, if you're a less, uh, um, prolific photographer, it might take uh, only a few hours to, to migrate your, your data over. So, um, but it's, it's a nice feature and definitely something you want to take advantage of before Google starts charging for additional photo storage. John, but if I, I just have Google photo, the Google photos app on my phone, it just yep. syncs everything from my iPhone yep. anyway. Yeah. So you, then you, this probably isn't for you, but if you wanted to just make a, like a, 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 a snapshot in time, if you will backup of your photos to Google photos, this will do that when you want to, as opposed to syncing, right? Because yeah. the other problem with these, any, like, because Amazon also has this feature as well, where you can sync your photos to Amazon photos. Um, but anytime your phone is on Wi-Fi um, or, or, or cellular, if you want, if you've got unlimited data, you could do that as well. Um, your phone's always going to be busy doing uploading and yeah. that's, th- that can slow things down or it can just, just add additional overhead to whatever you're doing on your device. So, um, but you know, I, I just think it's a nice feature to be able to just quickly click a button and then this process will happen in the background. So, you know, do it at night. So overnight, maybe it gets a bulk of it done. And then the next day it'll continue on when, uh, when it has Wi-Fi. I wonder where it stops though, John, because I have, I'm looking at my iPhone right now and I have 20,000 photos. Yeah. And I just have to keep buying more and more <laughs> cloud storage. Do you know well, what I mean? The, the problem I used to have is I, I would always try to buy the, the biggest iPhone memory. Yeah. And I would take photos and photos would definitely be the biggest user of that memory space, uh, even more so than some of the big apps. Um, and that's the other thing too, on your phone, like Facebook, for example, is probably one of the worst for taking up space because it caches everything that you're, you're scrolling past, right? Yeah. Whether you look at it or not. But the um, what I would do is I would do a dump. I would I would manually go in and on on uh, on uh, macOS there's a, a program called Image Capture. Plug my phone in, it detects my phone and just lets me download. And I would sort the photos by like the oldest photos, and I would I would maybe back up a year or two's worth of photos and pull them off my phone to create more space. But now you know we kind of have this ginormous amount of storage. Um, at least I got two terabytes on a family plan. So I can, yeah. I can snap photos till the cows come home. I, I gotta be honest. I love just having the phones, uh, the photos on my phone, like just so easy, easily accessible though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the problem is on, on the Apple side, you can't really easily search them other by date. Right. Well, it's uh, getting better. Yeah. But on the Google side, it's on, it's much better because it actually can detect things in your photo and use those as search terms. So th- there's some interesting benefits to have it. And, and if you've never done it, uh, put any photos on Google, if you're an uh, Apple user, 
this is a great way to try it and just sort of see, because they also do these neat things. All the photo services do this. Amazon does this as well. They'll give you like a, on this day, kind of roundup uh, notification or an email, which is kind of fun to scroll down memory lane, if you will. Yeah. Been a good show. I've uh, had John and Graham here along for the ride. Uh, don't forget about the contest. This is a big one for us. It's the Tut training system. This thing is all kinds of awesome. It even has a built-in rowing uh, machine uh, as well. It ties in with a, an app that has special exercise videos for you to follow along with. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Go to the newsletter tab, enter to win. Once you're uh, entered, you're entered into all of our contests uh, this year, and we're giving away thousands of dollars of prizes. This is a bit of a special contest this month. Uh, we're giving you the opportunity to get extra entries. There's instructions on how to do that, again, up on the website, getconnectedmedia.com, under the newsletter tab. As I had mentioned earlier in the show, uh, there is a special secret word that will give you extra entries if you enter that into the, uh, the webpage there. The secret word this week is Kazinga. K-A-Z-I-N-G-A. I almost forgot how to spell Kazinga. <laughs> and you say it like twice an hour at least. Right? Yeah. Presto Kazinga. That's my favorite little little term. But uh, the secret word is Kazinga. And again, if you enter that in, you'll get extra entries in to win the Tut training system. want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Of course, uh, John and Graham and Christina back at the studio. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.